0: The job isn't done just because they've placed an order. Mm. And then even after that, you know, it's still not job done. You've still got to persuade them that you're the brand that they want to come back to. You know, there are certain things I can do to, to get that conversion, but if it lowers the average order value of that person and increase the costs of serving that person, it doesn't do the business any good. Personalization is where you really start to win with... With retention and email marketing email marketing in particular because obviously sms is quite quite short
1: so what is customer value optimization on this episode you're going to find out exactly what it is so do stay tuned
2: retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies. Employed by high growth, digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to. Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and, and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability that was a real that was a real problem. Hear first-hand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about like, how I want to just build a freaking successful business.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm your host, Kune Campbell. Now, the episode you're about to listen to is an interview I had with Will Lawrenson. He's the founder of of an agency called Customers Who Click. He also runs a podcast by the same name, Customers Who Click. I've um, linked to his podcast and website in the show notes. Now, we talk about customer value optimization and when the opportunity arose for me to sort of talk about, you know, CVO with Will, I, I jumped right at it. Why? Because your business needs customer value optimization. The um, hint is in the name, customer Value optimization. How can you maximize the value you do? You not not you not only receive from your customers, but how can you maximize and optimize the value you give to your customers? And we talk about the major, major touch points. He talks about conversion rates optimization, exactly influencing exactly what happens on the website, on your website, hacks, tricks, and philosophies, general centered philosophies on how to approach your conversion rate optimization. We also talk about experience, you know, not just the experience on site, but post-purchase experience. We talk about the implication of reviews using, you know, tag manager for we talk a, a few technical bits about you know how to use tag manager, tag manager for CRO. And um we talk about retention marketing, which is you know really email SMS, how to put everything in tangent towards maximizing not just the value you can make from your customers, but the, the, the value you can give to your customers. I found it super interesting. Um, and his podcast is a treasure trove. I didn't realize, you know, the, um, the, the number of, um, people who've been on his podcast has been running it for just over a year. He's had some really interesting guests on, on his show. And, um, we, we just went in depth. We, we just, we just talked customer lifetime value, how to maximize it, you know, you know, Um, and the importance of traffic, how to maximize traffic. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's super fascinating. He comes from a SaaS background and yeah, there's a lot of conversation on the interlay between, um, you know, product and acquisition. And um, because of that, you know, um, the, impact of product on, on acquisition. Um, we really, he, he, he got that foundation on, on, of customer value, you know, optimization. Um, so if you're looking to maximize the lifetime value, maximize the value, um, two ways with customers, this is a great episode to listen to. Now, um, on another note, if you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, um, and also leave us, um, a, a review on iTunes. If you haven't, um, it helps the show tremendously. If, um, you know, you're consuming this on, on audio. Um, yep. Yeah, um, and, and, and that's it really, um, enjoy this episode and I will catch you on the other side. Thank you for listening. and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit Clavio.com forward slash 2x to create your free account. That is com forward slash 2x. ShipBob is the global fulfillment leader for e-commerce brands like, like you. They've actually just launched their first UK fulfillment center which is quite close to me here in London. London. This gives ShipBob's clients access to e-commerce markets in the US, the West, Canada, Canada and now Europe. Europe. ShipBob offers direct integration to merchants running on Shopify, Wix, BigCommerce, WooCommerce, Amazon, eBay and Walmart. This quote from their site from Courtney Lee, the founder of Primo Coffee, really stood out for me. She said, I felt like I couldn't grow until I moved to ShipBob. And my CPA accountant even said to me, thank God you switched to ShipBob. I mean, who gets compliments from their accountant? Fulfillment is incredibly time intensive. So hand it over to the best of the best for fast and affordable shipping. To get $500 in free shipping credits today, head over to ShipBob.com. That is welcome, welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast. I'm kune Campbell, your host, and um, this is the podcast dedicated to rapid growth in the consumer selling space. So if you work in marketing at an e-commerce business, you're a founder or, you know, you, you pretty much are interested in the whole direct consumer selling space, I'm going to help you sell more, you know, um, directly to your customers with the caliber of guests I bring on this show. It's my promise to you, my listeners. Now, each week I interview an expert, a founder of a direct-to-consumer e-commerce business or a representative from a best-in-class SaaS product, you know, um, that serves the e-commerce industry. And the remit really is to help you guys grow metrics such as conversions, average order value, repeat customers, your audience size, and ultimately sales. So um, speaking of which, uh, today's episode um, is a very, very, very special one. Um, when the opportunity arose for me to, you know, speak to to Will, who's on the show, Lawrence who's the founder of Customers Who Click. I jumped right at it because of what he does. So in, in, in other words, well, in summary, rather, um, he is a customer value optimization expert. He runs a consultancy and also hosts a podcast, which I will link to in the show notes. He works with direct consumer e-commerce brands, and he helps them turn traffic into customers with higher lifetime value. By optimizing customer experience and touch points across the business, now, who wouldn't want to sort of listen and um, speak with 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 will um so yeah i I just jumped at it. Um, I'm going to link to his um, website in in the show notes also if you want to find out more about him, but let's jump in and welcome will welcome will
0: Hi, thank you for having me.
1: Fantastic. Um, probably not on you sufficient justice in regards to the introduction of you, or I have, you know, just given people a tip of the iceberg. Could you take a minute or two to give us a fuller story about you, you know, and, um, and what you do, please.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you did a pretty good job. So uh, thank you for that. But um, yeah, I mean, my, uh, very quickly, my, my background was in startups initially, um, direct to consumer. And, while my roles were always general, kind of general marketing, like you know, marketing manager, head of marketing, that sort of thing, um, I always found that uh, the the manager, senior management of the company would always say, "Here are your budgets. The marketing team's job is to go and get people." And it was kind of this this idea that, yeah, as a marketer, your only responsibility was to bring people to the company, to the website, to the app, whatever. When you got people there, it was job done. You know, if they're if they arrived on your website, arrived in your app they're going to download it, they're going to sign up, they're going to buy. Um, and if they don't, you know, the messaging was wrong or something, you know, they, they probably never were going to. So I saw big, big problems with this, obviously, and um, started to get more stuck into the product side of things and kind of basically forced myself into working with the, with the product teams and developers, um, uh, customer service and on all these other areas to say, well, you know, it's not job done there. When we get someone when someone's clicked an advert we've got their interest we've got to not only persuade them to buy from us we've got to persuade them to uh, oh, sorry we've got to persuade them that the product is correct for them we've got to persuade them to buy that we're the right store for, for them to buy from we've got to persuade them that uh, you know that they're going to receive their product on time and all that um, but even when they receive it, we've still got to persuade them that this is actually the right product for them. It's easy to use. It's, it's going to solve their pain points. You know, it's the job isn't done just because they've placed an order. Mm. And then even after that, you know, it's still not job done. You still got to persuade them that you're the brand that they want to come back to, Mm. you know, next time they need this product or a similar product that you sell, what is the reason they would come back to your brand straight away instead of just Googling the product uh, and And opening up five or six different tabs and and seeing what's there, mm-hmm. so I left my last role um uh just over a year ago just before the pandemic, which was not perfect timing but um yeah, I started working with direct to consumer businesses to improve conversion rates on site uh look at lifetime value as well so how do we how do we boost those order values mm-hmm. um and how do we how do we get people coming back again and again um Potentially with a subscription, depending on the uh, on the business, um, but also just looking at email marketing, that post purchase experience, and the mm-hmm. value that we can offer someone outside of that purchase that will keep the business top of mind and mean that they'll come back uh, next time without having to just Google it and, and possibly just clicking that again.
1: Some really really interesting points because um a lot of marketers and, and I kind of look at it like like an evolutionary trajectory or, or, or a path, an evolutionary path, where um, marketers initially are so obsessed with um, customer acquisition. And that is just a small piece in the puzzle. And and then you realize that, um, that there are other touch points, as you alluded to, um, where, you know, product is so important and the opinion of customers are so, so, so important. And you have to get that rounded view to, to, to make in lifetime value actually work. And in that, in that way, your acquisition actually becomes slightly cheaper or easier, you know, in the long, in the long run. Okay. So let's sort of split, you know, um, Cosmo value optimization, which, which is, you know, the, the service you offer into pillars. So if you were to so strip CVO into, into pillars, how, how would you sort of, um, how do you sort of approach it, you know, in, 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 in departments or in, in, terms of like actions?
0: I suppose more in, more in actions. Um, mm. there is some department based stuff that I can get to, but I guess the, the first step is, is the conversion rate optimization, mm-hmm. which I, I use the term conversion rate optimization because it's a common term that people people like and, and know, mm. but that's not really my approach. Because w- when you think about it that way, like conversion rate optimization is literally getting someone to take an action, but you've still got to always be thinking of the end goal, which is that lifetime value. So, you know, I can get loads of people to click by putting a, a countdown timer on there, saying you've got you know five minutes to to order this. Otherwise someone else is going to get it. I can put a discount on there. I can give you free next day delivery or free same day delivery. You know, there are certain things I can do to, to get that conversion, but if it lowers the average order value of that person and increase the costs of serving that person, it doesn't do the business any good. Mm. So while conversion rate optimization is a key part of what I do. Everything, every test, every, um, every improvement to the website has to be considering is this is this going to improve conversion rate, improve average order value, without dropping uh, uh, dropping average order value, or um, affecting profits off that order mm-hmm. in a way that uh, unbalances um, the benefits? So, for a first person, for sorry, for a first time purchase, I'm definitely not opposed to um, having a loss leading sale. I don't I don't think that's an issue. Um some brands it will work, some brands it's a bit more difficult. But you know, you can go over the over the top to give them that amazing first-time experience. You know, um well I I buy like beard products, quite obviously. Um or not for listeners as opposed to viewers. Um and uh I, I you know it's you see a lot of brands who go to the effort of creating really nice bottles, really nice packaging. And they will ship it to you in a a nicer box, and that and that just immediately makes you feel better towards the brand. It makes you mm-hmm. feel like they are more premium.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, and actually, then once they've got you to the point where you're a, a more repeat customer, they don't have to do that anymore. They, they don't have to strip it down to the bare minimum. But you mm-hmm. don't have to put every order in a in like a wooden box, like a display box. You can you can be you know you can you can make the margin on the repurchases. Um, but yeah, so on that first purchase, it's about not just trying to get the purchase it's trying to get the purchase of the best value for the business. So that, you know, that does cover things like margin profitability on that product, but mm-hmm. it's also just, it's thinking, is this person buying it because they want it and they understand their need for it? Or have we just discounted it and incentivized the purchase so much that it's a no-brainer for the customer just to click, just to add it to cart and purchase it. Because mm. that—that's what you don't really want if if you can help it. Um,
1: How do you get those answers? Those answers? Uh, those questions answered in terms of discounting or you know a, a, a genuine want? What? What? what Where do you get the answers from?
0: Um, well, you you can do some testing. So testing based on based on messaging. So do you need? Um, a big discount being displayed on site at all times, or could you be saying uh, this product is amazing because it's going to solve this pain point for you. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to be getting. Um, and if, if people aren't convinced, then, you know, test that copy, test that messaging um, and find out what people are, what, what is missing from your site. So you can use tools like hot to get feedback from people. You can see where they're clicking on the site, where they're not clicking. Um, you can set up event tags in, in Google Tag Manager as well mm-hmm. to analyse, you know, if people do click certain certain assets on the site, how does that affect uh, conversion rate? You know, I found with one client recently um, on their product pages a bit bit further down the page, they've got these um, tabs like information tabs, and we found that uh, if people clicked, loads of people click specifications, but it doesn't affect their conversion rate at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, loads of people click uh, delivery which has a big impact on conversion rate mm. and loads of people click um, reviews, which had no impact on conversion rate. Mm. But what we also know is uh, this company doesn't have many product specific reviews.
3: Okay.
0: So what's actually interesting there is that despite the fact a lot of these products don't have any reviews, it's not negatively impacting conversion rate, but people are really, really interested in it because it's getting what it's one of the highest click tabs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Hotjar is great. I I do a lot of I gather a lot of feedback from customers from it either through exit intent or um, time to pop-ups that just ask people what can make this better.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And and you get loads of feedback from people that you know you, you will look at it and go, oh, yeah, but it's so obviously there. It's it's on the site. Um, but then when you kind of really explore it and really think about it, it's not that obvious. You know, you've you've tucked it away somewhere. Or you've got like a little line of text which just says, uh, you know, might just say free UK delivery, but no one knows what that means. Mm. Is that next day? Is, it, is there a threshold? You know, being, I think a couple of years ago, free UK delivery would have worked better. Mm. But I think now that we're seeing so many uh, uses of thresholds and uh, people doing next day delivery as well, and having those yeah. differing messages, I think people people want to know more information there yeah. about free UK delivery. Whereas if you just said free next delivery on orders over 50 pounds, that's clear. That's it. That's all the information really. Mm-hmm. Um, some people might, might want to see more information, but yeah, you've, you've kind of explained it there. Mm. Um, so yeah, the, the conversion rate piece is how do we get people through this purchase funnel? How do we get them to understand the product, see the value of the product and buy the product? Um, if they need information, make sure the information's there. Um, if they do need incentivizing, do it carefully. Um, you know, some businesses it works really well for, you know, um, things like uh, recipe kits, like Gusto, HelloFresh, those sort of products, I, I don't think you can ever get rid of the discounts now because they're so ingrained in that that kind of industry. Yeah. yeah. But for a fashion brand, um, you Know all right, you want to get them on your lo- newsletter? Fine, give them a 10% code to to get on the newsletter, but the 10% code shouldn't be the incentive to purchase.
1: Yeah, um, see, I think like w- when you look at the gustos, hello Freshers, naked wines, um, or even leth is it late, late weights? Yeah, yeah, you, you. They're they're all selling subscriptions in 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 a way. So they're you know as you said with regards to the loss leading you know aspect of things, they they just you know want to get you in their system. They want you to experience you know um, their product. They want you to get they want to get you into their ecosystem. And as you also said in regards to the the bed you know brand, most of the first um, mo- most f- the first experience is always different from subsequent experiences that they, they, they give you brochures you know things like that Uh, that give you better packaging initially and then they get you in the loop you know and and after that introductory period you know uh, they 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 monitor their chain and and try and get you in as a you know as a recurring customer because you your your details are with them but um
0: with actually sorry just on on that um, subscription point um i was having a chat with someone yesterday actually who has subscribed to a, a ridiculously expensive deodorant brand um, it, it must be amazing. Um, but he said that every single order has contained the same information, the mm. same kind of selling leaflet and the same, the same explanations and benefits. He doesn't care about that anymore. He's subscribing. No wonder, he's subscribed for six months. Yeah. Uh, you know, either take it out and save yourself the cost or give yeah. him something else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's also very wasteful to be honest. Yeah. 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 And and that doesn't really tell well to, to customers again, so, you know, to, to huge segments of customers who care, you know, about waste. Um, yeah. And then you have the other segments of, um, you know, e-commerce businesses that, that are, um, you know, um, that more selection, you know, so you select and you purchase. So it's, it's, it's very intentional, And yeah, you, you talk about the 10%. So, so how do you, with that, you know, with, with that segment of e-commerce business, with, with, with that segment of e-commerce businesses, how do you, um, just trigger desire beyond that 10% discount, which everybody's accustomed to. Even I did it last night <laughs> on a on a website I, you know, I, I I purchased for the first time on. Um it's an expectation it seems to be, you know, for for, for most shoppers when they so, so how do you sort of go beyond that and um deliver value that's more long lasting um beyond that first purchase?
0: I mean I, I think you've just gotta be explaining the value of your products really. And if and if you struggle with that, focus on the value of the brand and the, the extra value that you're gonna provide people. So um, you know, one thing that I've I've noticed and I've I've mentioned it a few times on my podcast, I think fashion brands in particular bother me a bit because you can go to so many fashion websites these days and they're basically all the same. You know, there are very literally the name is different the The style of the logo might be a little bit different. The, the layouts of the pages might be a little bit different, but essentially there's really not a lot to, to tell them apart. So if two of the sites have got the products that I want, um, for a lot of shoppers, it will come down to price. You know, If one of them does have the better price, you, you, there'll be a segment of shoppers who will just go for that. And there's not a lot you can do about that. But the other one is is the brand who has very clear values, so you know are you a, are you very keen on sustainability if so you know talk about it um you know get it you know i don't want to i'm not saying put it everywhere across your site but you know make sure it's not just on an about us page or on our story page you know you can have um kind of these i guess essentially like behavioral nudges so you know on a on a product page you'll get something like order by 3 p.m. to get next day delivery.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. That's a little kind of subtle nudge to, to just let you know, you, you know you, there is a Time's time limit if, ticking. You, yeah, if, if you want to make this purchase. But you can also do the similar stuff with, with your brand values. You know, if, you, if you're very uh, eco-friendly, what sort of message can you add about your product that that clearly states that it's eco-friendly without just saying, this is an eco-friendly product? because that really bothers me as well, because a lot of brands just stick these tags on and they will say, uh, you know, this, these jeans use X amount, less water or, or whatever, but they, nothing else they do supports that value. Mm. And it's, it literally just becomes almost like a, a little feature that they, they stick there. But I think, yeah, if you can really show the value and, uh, of the product, but of your brand. So, it doesn't have to be a loyalty scheme, but you know, what does your loyalty scheme offer that other people don't? Because a lot of people just do earn some points, uh, get rewards for your points. But I think better loyalty schemes are the ones that involve the community side Mm. and and kind of actually make you feel like it's, it's not just a reward scheme that's going to get you uh, money off your purchase in a few, in a month or so you're getting this exclusive content, this, these, uh, maybe exclusive events or giveaways or partner partner opportunities, you know, that builds into that value as well. Um, okay. Does your customer service provide really, really quick and uh, helpful responses?
1: Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. Let's take a quick break to talk about screwing up Remember to head over to Rewind.io and don't forget to mention the Two X e Commerce Podcast for a full month trial. Have you noticed that no matter how amazing a product might be, you can always tell when it's been sold on Shopify? So many merchants use the same themes, layouts, and photography, making it easy to spot a Shopify store from a mile away. If you're going to build a fast-growing brand, then that should include using your website to continue that storytelling and give customers an experience that stands out. That's why Famous exists. Famous enables brands on Shopify to easily build beautiful landing pages and product pages that include custom video, animation, and more. All pages built on Famous are optimized for storytelling and selling on desktop and mobile. You can try it for free at fam 4 co forward slash 2x. That is famous.co forward slash 2x. Well, yeah. so, you know, we talked about the, the three pillars of CVO which is conversion value optimization. And um we've touched upon um CRO and I'm I'm sure you, you've talked about all the other uh, the other, you know, points. What would you say is the second pillar um beyond um conversion rate optimization?
0: Oh, well, I'd say the second one is the experience stuff. So okay. I guess that is that is what on, I what I mean by the brand values.
1: On site experience or um or post you know or post purchase experience? Pre purchase or post or both? Um
0: it, it can be both. Mm. Um it's it's less around does this product fit my needs? And I, I suppose more does this brand fit my needs? Um it does have you provided the information that I need? Um if I'm if I you know if it's a physical product that's being delivered to me, what is that experience like? You know, how flexible are you with that? Are you a brand that can offer me a an hour time slot? You know, like a, a cardo? Who then also says if you pick this spot, we'll give you a discount because it's a, a green spot because you share your uh, you share your delivery with someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got the the experience bit because they're saying you've literally got the one hour slot or maybe two hours, I can't remember. So you you really know when that product's going to turn up, and it's you know you've got that that convenience, but then we've also got that brand value in there of you know we want to we want to do what we can where we can. Uh, You you can get a discount if you use the the more eco-friendly slot. Mm. Um, Then there are things like customer service. You know, are you a brand that has uh, phone lines that are open all the time? An email address that gets responded to quickly? um, Live chat, uh, normally available. Mm. You know, I've got um, where I buy my domain from and my hosting from. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I can speak to someone within a minute or two. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever had to wait more than about five minutes for live chat, which is fantastic. It's It's one of the reasons. No, it's LCN.
1: Okay.
0: Actually. Um, It's one of the reasons that I haven't even considered moving because I know if I need any help, because I'm not a massively technical person. So when it comes to the web stuff, well, setting up my own website and things, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, hosting and things, I I just want an easy setup, get going, and then I want to do the the optimization stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, or so so live chat, or are you a brand that sticks one of those chat bots on, which tries to answer your questions and never does? And you know, you eventually sure answer with. Yeah, no, I don't know what other people do, but quite often I will now just hit the answers that you know I, I would hit. That doesn't help me. That doesn't help me. That doesn't help me. <laughs> yes, I'd like to speak someone because that's why I wanted to contact customer service. Um, or worse, you just have a uh, static FAQ page.
3: Mm.
0: You know, all all these things matter and matter, and you know the best brands will kind of combine it all and say, "Well, we've got an FAQ on the product page because people ask questions about these particular products. We've got a chat bot which can help you find the product you're looking for, and then we've got custom service that can answer your questions." Mm. And I think what people tend to do is they look for the cheaper options, which tend to be a one-off FAQ page around delivery returns, things like that. Um, and then the automated chatbot because it means they don't have to have a custom service person, but actually just annoying people. Yeah. So, um, and then, and then yeah, there's a little bit of surround, which kind of builds into the retention piece, which is the third kind yeah. of third pillar. So
1: the third pillar is um, retention. Okay. That, so a lot of people, when, when you speak retention, a lot of people just default to email. Is 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 that short-sighted is 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 that very limiting to to the term retention
0: uh yes and no um email is absolutely fantastic um you know there's don't believe anyone who says it's dead it's not it's just not mm-hmm. working for them basically mm-hmm. um so email works really well but kind of in this experience part first of retention uh, as we mentioned earlier that that um un- Unboxing experience, the the packaging experience, you know, that's got to be good. But then, what I think is really important is is following up with people to ask what their experience was like, but from a customer service and feedback point of view, not just a cool. You received this product a few days ago. Can you please review it on Trustpilot or Mm Reviews.io? Because that's you know, I know know the review is what you, you want as a business. Because it's got it's got various benefits attached to it, but how many how many how many people go and read those reviews? How many businesses actually spend time digging through those reviews, reading and reading the feedback? Um, I think it's far better to have people respond to your email because and it also builds that brand engagement. You know, it, it makes you feel like this brand genuinely cares about your experience when they're emailing you first to say, "Just wanted to follow up," like. What do you think of the product? Uh, did you have any issues with it? Um, do you need any help? Uh, and then you can build that email out depending on what the product you sell is. If it's clothing, you might just ask, you know, is it the right fit? Um, is there anything we need to do for you? If it's a electronic product like a I don't know a TV or something like that, you could say, by the way, here's the here's the manual for that TV. Just in case you need a digital copy. Um, do you need you know, do you need any help with setting it up or that sort of thing? Be be quite specific. Um, you know, make people believe that you're actually out there to to help them and care about them, and then follow up with the review later. You know, ask yeah, ask for that review. Um so that'll if you get that right, that will just naturally build that brand uh kind of affinity and uh and, and loyalty for people a bit. Um, but then you move into that the actual kind of retention, that CRM piece of email, SMS, direct mail, push notifications, phone uh, calls, depending on the business, yep. um, and and also things like loyalty schemes. But what is really important is segmentation and personalization and data. You know, i I rarely read newsletters now um, that brands send out. I have a folder for them. I scan through them, but there's so rarely something that's targeted to me yeah. um, from any business that I've bought from. Even I, I don't think Amazon does it very well. Um,
3: mm.
0: There's always the joke about, the, I think it's the toilet seat. Someone saying, yeah, they bought a toilet seat from Amazon the other day. doesn't mean they need to be recommended toilet seats every, every few weeks. True. Um, and that's what brand a lot of brands get wrong. You know, they do some basic segmentation around what country are you in? Um, maybe are you male or female? And then so, maybe something like, what category did you buy? So again, let's go back to the fashion store. I'm a man. I might have bought a shirt from a from a brand. So what they might do is say, you bought a shirt, so here are some more shirts. But there's more detail they could go into. They could look at what type of, what style of shirt did I buy? Mm. And, and maybe how many. So if I bought bought three black shirts in the same style you know maybe maybe there's something you can you can kind of take from that and obviously you can't analyze everything on a one-to-one basis but you can you can kind of set these preferences and favorites Mm -hmm. that are um Implicit,
1: not explicit. Yeah, and, and, and that boils down to merchandising. The way you tag products, you know, a, a, yeah. a black shirt will go, you know, pretty well with a grey pale trousers. You know, how do you put that logic in, you know, long term? A lot of um, e-commerce businesses haven't gone down to the data level or don't even have processes in place when they're entering, you know, um, product information to put, you know, those tags that give, that would form the foundation for more intelligent recommendations, um, yeah. and they need to actually even think like um, like an attendant or you know a shop assistant, not like an expert actually, you know, in in a store. You know, once you can code that in 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 your personalization and recommendation engine, I think um, you you may be onto something.
0: Yeah, exactly, and. You know, you, I think you still can do it relatively simply.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you, you don't have to be creating uh, a separate tag for every single product with its very specific uh, kind of conditions and then working out how that tag applies to every other product you've got. But, you know, you, you can be, you know, looking at people and saying, well, you know, every every month this guy comes back and buys this same thing. so. How can, how can we recommend him a product that is that we think will suit his needs and wants related to the product that he's been buying? You know, if I buy, if I only ever buy short sleeve t-shirts, for example, maybe I'm never going to buy a long sleeve t-shirt. Mm. So don't tell them to, don't offer them to me. If I only ever buy long sleeve, normal shirts, um, even casual ones, probably don't recommend me the short sleeve ones. Mm. Because if I like them, I'd, I'd be looking for them, um, and you can build some browsing data into that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have several tiers of of this. Um, you know, when I was at uh, a company called Readly, which is a, like Netflix for uh, Netflix for magazines, mm-hmm. um, we we built in some preferences around you know what is their favorite magazine, what is their second favorite, what is their third favorite, and then we built in um, recommendations based on those. So mm-hmm. we'd always be able to say we know this is your favorite magazine. What can we tie into this? And we prioritize that. And then second favorite, what's linked to that? And then, you know, if we haven't got space in an email, don't promote that, uh, the second or third favorite.
1: Um, so it's it's then, very customer-centric based on on their actions, very behavioral, um, behavioral-driven, yeah. Driven, really. It's-
0: yeah, so we, we just looked at things like, you know, have they have they actually favorited it? You know, have they actually hit the favorite button? Yeah. Um, or do they just read that magazine every month when it comes out? And how much of the magazine do they read? Mm. And, and then there was, you know, the, the, it, it got a little complex because we were looking at things like, you know, if a magazine is weekly and one magazine's uh, monthly, how do we determine which one is the
3: favorite?
0: Mm. Um, and then obviously the longer, the monthly magazines tend to be longer. So the time spent in those magazines is going to be longer. So you kind of have to use a bit of um, – it, it's never going to be perfect first time, yeah. especially if you're building this self, yourself and not using it at all. Um, but, yeah, I think personalization is where you really start to win with with retention and email marketing, email marketing in particular, because obviously SMS is quite, quite short. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, you've got to be looking at what these customers are actually buying, what do they want, and not just blasting – the same email to everyone, yeah. Um, and you know, these days with the tools we have available, you can build pretty much one email and just put personalization blocks in and send it to uh, potentially even your entire database if you wanted to, mm. or or you take those segments and it just does the job for you. So it's it's not as if you've still got to build twenty different email templates to cover all the different segments that you want to email that week. Mm. You know, you've, the the data and the tools are there to to really help you with this. Mm. Um, and actually, you know, really the best thing to do is set it behaviorally and, and use a lot of automation. So I'm I'm a big fan of um,
3: yeah,
1: incredible. Yeah. I, I think we should do a part two to 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 to, to jump into more detail, particularly on the retention a bit. But um, we're we're short for time. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. So so it's 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 incredible. So we 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 had. Um, we had TRO, customer experience and retention um all three pillars uh feed into a cvo um you know um um strategy um in terms of managing kpis um how how would you what would you recommend e-commerce teams do um for just managing and um you know just their performance in in each of these three key um, you know, strands of um CVO.
0: Um, I mean, like like I said, so CRO. Um, you are kind of ultimately looking at conversion rate. Okay, but you need to make sure you've got those secondary, but also very important KPIs in place as well. So average order value. Um, and you know, depending on your approach, is a very business uh, specific thing. How, how profitable do you want to be on first purchase, second purchase and all that? Um, on the the experience side, you know, you could look at things like uh, uh, first, first contact resolution for customer service. So how many times do people contact customer service? You answer them and they don't come back at least for, it might be 30 days or something before they just have another question. But mm. what you want is you don't want them to come back and, uh, follow up on that point. Mm-hmm. ideally. It, it it's really difficult to do it for everyone, but really, you know, you should be anticipating needs. You know, okay. if um I don't know, if, if if someone said, asked the question, you know, about how do I attach a mirror to a wall, or, or this specific one, you know, and you said, oh, it's got um uh it, it's got screw like screw attachments, you know, but there might be something else you can add to say, well uh, actually, by the way, it does also come with this other method which might help you. Or, you know, you, you can provide it's probably a bad example, really, but you, you can provi- try and provide that bit more information to anticipate what that next need is going to be um, related to their question. Mm. Um, and then on the lifetime value piece, uh, I mean, you are literally looking at lifetime value, really. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, you can, you, the best thing to do would be a, an RFM model. Yeah. Um, so re- frequency, recency, frequency, monetary, um, and and kind of measuring how people move move between those. Um, yeah. Obviously, you're going to have the the higher tier ones that you want people moving to,
3: mm-hmm. um,
0: but you, you can't get everyone there. So it's yeah. important to realise that most, pretty much every business will have you know low value people, medium value people, and super high value people. You can't get everyone to the top; just it just doesn't happen. Um, so you need to be thinking, you know, these people at this kind of like middle, middle to low value. How do we get them to a middle high value? You know, how do we get them to purchase once more per quarter mm. or something like? That? And, you know, you you can take these things in steps. You know, I'm, I'm working with one client, and we literally at the moment we're just talking about how do we increase average order value. By about a pound per person mm-hmm. uh, every every month or two, and then the actions that go into that, and then we're looking at order frequency as well, and we think right, how do we get the average order value up to one point one, then one point two? I think a lot of a lot of mistakes people make is to say right, um, you know, you, people don't think it's it's a one or it's it's a the average order value is one point one. People tend to think you know people have ordered once. We need to get everyone to order a second time. So how do we get the average order value to two? But that's that's going to be really difficult, um, even in your fantastic segments. So you know obviously the other the other option is to segment a lot and say right we think this is the audience that's going to get to a two. So how do we push them there? And then what tactics do we take with this with this group over here to take them from one to one point one, and just get every I don't know every tenth person making that making that additional purchase. You know,
1: small incremental it's, changes really to
0: small incremental changes. I mean, yeah. you know, if, if you improve you know, like five metrics by fifteen percent, yeah, you get, you get a massive increase, and yeah. that could be how do I get fifteen percent more people to click add to cart? Yeah, how do I get fifteen percent more people to open an email? Um, how do I increase average order value by fifteen percent? You know, you can look at all these related KPIs and little, uh, like, micro-conversions mm-hmm. and just improve each one by a little bit to then get that massive uh, massive yeah. uh, benefit yeah. in the end. So, it
1: rolls yeah. over, especially when, as you said, your North Star is CLV, you know, um, once, once you're maximizing that, um, you, you're going to get, you know, the, the flywheel, you know, running a lot faster exactly. long-term. Yeah. Well, um a very, very, very interesting conversation. I enjoyed this one. Um, I have to say, um, when you talk CVO, I'm I'm all ears, and um, I I like how methodic your approach to to CVO is. Um, the three pillars, measurement, um, and I'm actually on your website now, um, which is customerswhoclick.com. dot com. I'm on your podcast. You've, you've had some really interesting. Um, you know, guest on, on your show, very, very, um, CVO focused on um, customer experience focused SEO. Um, there's, there's a lot on it. I'm actually going to subscribe now. Um, you. do you hang out on social media at all? For those who want to follow you, you know, follow your thoughts. Um, where, where do you, where do you hang out most online?
0: I am very active on LinkedIn and Twitter. Okay. So LinkedIn is just Will Lawrenson. Um, mm. And, and actually, Twitter is now at Will Lawrence as well. Um, I'd say more so, more so LinkedIn. Okay. Um, but I'm trying to be more active on Twitter. So follow me on Twitter. Tweet at me. Ask me questions. Get me more active over there because that's my that's my 2021 uh, goal really to be uh, to really work on Twitter.
1: Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, it's it's been an absolute pleasure having you um, well on the show. Um, you know, thank you.
0: Thanks so much for having me. So yeah, it was really good. Really
1: enjoyed that.
2: Fantastic. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.